0: Good morning, you guys. Welcome to Transparency Wins. Um a lot has been going on and I've been MIA for quite some time. Um It is um rounding down to my birthday. Um I'll be 31. And lately, I've been waking up and feeling like something's been missing. And I just cannot put my finger on it. <sighs> Around this time last year, my aunt was um sick. She had COVID pneumonia. And unfortunately, she passed away last year of April 10th but around this time last year right after my birthday literally a day after my birthday I had ran up to the hospital because they said that she was not doing well and um, I was pregnant with my twins and My grandmother, she didn't want to let me know because she didn't want to, you know, scare me up because I was carrying twins. She didn't want me to be scared or, you know, how people try to protect you, especially when you're pregnant. But I wanted to be involved with everything. My mom passed away when I was 15 from breast cancer. And while she was sick, I was in the dark with a lot of stuff. I was a child, and they didn't tell me everything. They didn't let me know a lot of things. They didn't let me know what was going on. I just knew my mom had breast cancer. Then the next thing you know, her hair was falling out. She was bald-headed from the chemo. She was getting dark circles around her eyes. i just seeing the sickness on her, but I didn't know how severe it was. I didn't know that instead of her choosing hospice or the family choosing hospice, she chose to be surrounded in home and they set up the dining room as a hospice as a hospital they had the bed they had the machines i did not know the severity of what was going on when i was in the dark next thing i know my mom is dead in a dining room i did not know the severity of it as i got older i, I asked questions i did not want to be in the dark i did not want to be in the dark any longer the next person that got sick in my family, I wanted to be included. When my father passed away, which was out of nowhere, out of the blue, it was like I had to make choices by default. (laughs) I was 21. I had to make choices because I was the next of kin. I was the oldest. And I didn't want to make any choices. I didn't know anything. I was asking family members what should I do. <sighs> he was very ill he <laughs> he was on life support, and I just remember them saying to leave him on the life support or take him off. That was a very hard decision I had to make. <laughs> And I still felt like I was in the dark. Because that happened so suddenly. And then it was just so hard as a 21-year-old to make those kind of decisions. I've never had conversations with my dad about what to do if you're on life support. What what do he want me to do? What is his decisions? What is his wishes? I never had those conversations. And I wanted to do the best that i could i didn't want to see him like that it was very odd to see my father like that if anyone knew my father my father was the life (laughs) a joke's a clown family first man he just was my dad um growing up I wasn't always with my dad all the time, 24-7, but that was my father. And especially after my mom passed away, my father stepped in, you know, with me spending a night with him as much as I could. With us just creating a stronger bond. I could talk to him about anything. That was my dad. So seeing him like that was very painful. It was like he was just transforming right before my eyes into this person and that was very hard (laughs) so when my aunt got sick I did not I wanted to be involved with everything and it's very hard talking about these tragic deaths and I'm trying to keep it together because let me tell you something losing someone grief pain pain it just does not go away in the twinkle of an eye. It does not go away with a snap of a finger. It hurts. And it's something that you have to deal with. You know, when someone passes away that is very close to you, when it hits home, everyone's lives go on. But the person that got affected... They go through multiple, multiple emotions. Sometimes emotions that they don't even understand what it is in that moment. And they may not understand what it is for years. (laughs) It is very, extremely painful to lose someone. (sighs) So... I wanted to be involved no matter what what it felt like no matter if I was pregnant no matter no matter nothing I just wanted to be involved so I had to let my grandmother know that so the hospital you know my aunt went to the hospital because her oxygen was quite low so she had to be admitted to the hospital they called her husband and my grandmother so, you know, I'm not knowing anything until her husband called me. Her husband called me crying, saying, Tanisha, that is my aunt's name. We call her Nini. She's not doing well. So I said, Oh my God, what hospital are you in? I didn't have a car at the time. I threw on anything I could find. And I caught that Uber right to the hospital. And I met with her husband. I said, what's going on? You know, with COVID, you're not allowed to go in a room with um, the person that's ill. <laughs> but somehow, they let my aunt go up there. That's favor. God's favor. They let my, my grandmother go up there with her daughter. But me and her husband, we had to sit downstairs and wait. And... um The last time I seen my aunt was March 7th on my sister's birthday. We had a party for her. I have not seen her ever since then. The next time I seen her was in a coffin. So, while she's in there, my grandmother's upstairs, you know. She has her own story, but she was up there with her and... um, the decision they had to make was put her in uh, ICU to be on a better machine. Because the machine that she was on wasn't helping. My grandmother comes downstairs. Um, While we're waiting, let me tell you, I wanted to run up there. I wanted to run up there. I wanted to run past the guards. I, if I would have known the room she was in. I would have ran up there. If I would have known how to get to that unit, I would have ran up there. I don't care if they would have chased me down. I would have ran up there. So, my grandmother come downstairs. And she tell me everything that was going on. And, um, it had to be like, maybe a day or so. I can't really remember. That the doctors was telling my aunt that she needed to be ventilated. Okay. Because she wasn't doing well. So these terminologies and the time I'm like okay. You know I wish I would have known what I've known now. I mean I wish I could have told my aunt to tell them no. Because she asked me Nikwa very, very heavy breathing. Just she just didn't sound comfortable. What would you do? That was the hardest answer I ever had to give somebody. Somebody that I love. And honestly, I don't know what I would have done in that situation, but I know if they telling you that you're not gonna make it and in order to see a chance to be ventilated, let's take that chance. But I wish I would have told her, "Let's go get another opinion." Let's Let's um tell the hospital you're at now that you want to be transferred to another hospital. I wish that I would have told her that. See what the outcome was at a better hospital. I don't know. <laughs> You know, when someone passes away, you say, I wish this, I wish that. But everything is written. Everything is God's plan, God's will. So, you know, we prayed with her. She said the sinner's prayer. My grandmother prayed with her. You know, we didn't want to hear, oh, if you don't be ventilated, you could pass away or you could pass out. And the chances of being ventilated was a 50% chance that she might wake up. That's what she told us. But ventilation is nothing but life support. I did not know that then. Ventilated is just the procedure they do when they put the tubes down your throat. Tubes in your chest. That's all ventilation is. It's not no, oh, you know, this is just something else. It's life support. (laughs) And then I keep thinking to myself, who would consciously make a decision to be put on life support? I hear stories all the time where they said they had COVID pneumonia and they oxygen went down to 70 and 60. And they didn't want to be ventilated and they went home and took steroids and got better. And it all makes me feel like I failed my aunt. I feel like I failed her that she depended on our our answer she depended on us and i felt her it was a long three-week fight oh my god especially with us not being able to to go up there we called that hospital two to three times a day where they got tired of us what is her her uh her um her oxygen. What is her heart rate? What is her temperature? What is this? What is that? Every day we asked. She was going up and down. The first week, oh, she's not doing well. Her lungs filled up. Her it turned into ARDS. A-R-D-S. Her pneumonia turned into ARDS. Uh, 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 uh lung disease. How They don't think she's doing well. Then they gave her some water pills. The second week, she was doing good. We were getting happy. She still had a temperature. I mean, the battle was long and hard. The third week, we're going to take her off the ventilation. She's still going to be intubated. But what they was going to do was going to give her a trachea. We was like okay that's a step in order to be off the life support what happens is the oxygen that's blowing into you is set on a hundred percent when it's on a hundred percent your oxygen it sh- should be on a hundred percent as they're weaning you off the ventilation or the the life support or the oxygen it, it needs to be down to at least. 40%. With your oxygen still being on 100%. That means that you don't need that ven- that that ventilation or the oxygen. So as they're weaning you down 80, your oxygen should still be up 100. As they're weaning you down 70, it should still stay up. Oh my God. Y'all, it was a battle. As they were weaning her down, if they weaned her down to 80, her oxygen would drop. Sometimes it dropped to 70. What is going on? They have to turn the oxygen back up. The last day, they weaned her down to 60%. And her oxygen was on 100. Oh, my God. We felt like we seen the light at the end of the tunnel. The next morning, mind you, the procedure was supposed to be done. She was supposed to have the trachea. No, we did not do the procedure. She got very sick. While on 60%, her oxygen dropped. So we had to wean the machine back to 100%. It was like we had to start all over again. What's going on? What happened? Her temperature went up to 100 or something. Come to find out, she got a blood infection. How do someone get a blood infection under the doctor's watch? In a, in a boxed room where no one can go in and out of because of COVID. How does someone get a blood infection? That blood infection messed her up. Three days later after they found out she had a blood infection, she died. Her heart stopped twice. The second time her heart stopped, they couldn't get it back. That was the worst, worst day of my life. And all I can remember is... The way I see my aunt... React to my mother passing. I know we all have our different stories. But the way I see my aunt... Now I understand. Yes, when my mom passed, I missed my mom. I I was hurting. I was 15. I was hurting. But as an adult, now, in this stage of my life, oh my God, I can't even express to you the pain that I felt, the emptiness. People say, You don't even cry like that at your mother's funeral. You didn't cry like that. I can't explain to you. All I know is that I got older. And the bond that I've created, the things that the maturity that I went through, the understanding that I have now as an adult. Not as a teenager, not as a kid, but as an adult. How I miss my aunt. How the severity of everything that we went through. It hurts. It's painful. I would just hurt for multiple things. Multiple things. Multiple things. How I felt like I let her down. I just can't even explain to you the pain that I felt. And around this time is when everything happened. I'm getting closer to the day that she died and it is not a good feeling. I I just keep recalling the memories when she was in the hospital, how she called me on my birthday. And said happy birthday. It felt like yesterday, you guys. When you lose someone, or if somebody loses somebody in their family, check on them. Don't forget about them. I thank God for the people that I have in my corner. But y'all, I'm feeling like the people that I have is getting slim. It's getting very slim. I don't have my mom, my father, now my aunt. My grandma is the last man standing. And she'll be 71 this year. So. Man, I need strength. And if anyone in your family loses somebody, don't feel like just because they talk to you, regular laughing, that they are okay. (laughs) Don't feel like they're fine every day. Check Check on them. Check on them. Check on them. Don't assume that it's okay, and don't be afraid. I know sometimes people are afraid to ask questions or afraid to bring a topic up when it's concerning a losing a loved one. Don't be afraid, and when someone even calls you to vent, don't just be quiet on the phone either. Respond back, say something. I love you guys. I just needed to get that off my chest. Um, I hope that this can be relatable to somebody somehow. Through everything, through getting through everything, you have to have God. There's no way, no how, you can get through anything without him. There's no way that you can get through this grief, through this pain, through this hurt. Losing a loved one, there's no way you can get through it without having God on your side. Without praying, you gotta pray, 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 pray. Before getting over something, you need to talk to somebody, find somebody you can confide in. I'm not gonna tell you. just know that i understand and there's people like me who also understands that you could.